Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 104, Three's Company, Nine's a Crowd. My name's Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. Hey, Pete. How are you? Three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Well, we're going to talk about crowds, and, and not crowds in the in the traditional sense that we talk about crowds, but but more crowds in, in the sense of going with a crowd, doing Disney with a group is what we're doing here, and not a small group. As you guys probably know by now, we've mentioned it in the last couple of episodes. I did Disney World with anywhere from seven to like nine people at a given time, maybe six to eight people, something like that. I stopped counting once it got above three. Well, really four. But we're going to talk about doing Disney with a big crowd and the pros and cons of that. But before we do that, we're going to go to the news. So not a whole lot of news this week. So I'm going to just go ahead and blaze right through it real quick. Starting at Magic Kingdom, a couple of ride vehicles from the new Tron ride have been installed outside of the attraction. And this is possibly for guests to try out the uh, the vehicles prior to uh, to actually waiting in line for the attraction kind of like they did for flight of passage it looks like these will probably be open for a uh, for a photo opportunity before too long nothing at epcot so we'll skip that for now and go straight into animal kingdom restrooms have been added to the flight of passage queue so that's exciting previously there were no breaks in the queue so if you were stuck in this line for a couple hours you, i guess you just had to hold it they have opened some restrooms now in the middle of the queue, right before you enter the laboratory. And the procedure now is that there are cast members controlling this. If you go to the bathroom, they take your whole party out of the line, and then they let them back in after after you get done. So, And then Animal Kingdom has had morning extra magic hours extended on the 25th and the 31st of this month. Uh, those will be from 7 to 8 instead of from 8 to 9. The park will be opening at 8 o'clock. Going over to Hollywood Studios, a lot of Rise of the Resistance news. First, Rise of the Resistance will not be open during evening magic hours, and it will close upon the last boarding groups going through. So in line with that, Disney has started distributing backup boarding groups for Rise of the Resistance. These boarding groups will only be called if all the initial boarding groups make it through the queue. So no guarantee, again, just like with the boarding groups, no guarantee that you're going to actually get to ride the ride. But with evening extra magic hours, it it does kind of seem likely that these will be called. You also may be able to, I've heard a couple of reports of people being able to go and queue for uh, for the ride at the very end of the day and cast members letting them on. Would not count on this. Don't know how likely this is. Kind of depends on how well the rides run, how long the queue is, and really how the cast members are feeling at the end of the day. And then finally at Hollywood Studios, Disney has announced morning extra magic hours starting at 7 a.m. from 7 to 8 on the 22nd through the 25th, and then starting at 6 a.m., so from 6 to 7 a.m. from the 26th through the 31st of this month. Again, if you want to ride Rise of the Resistance, you're going to need to get there well before park open. We've seen the boarding groups be gone as soon as 7.15. Most of the time by 7.30 or 8 o'clock, they're they're completely gone for the day. And then some general news. The Riviera Resort is now open, including Topolino's Terrace, which is which is a new restaurant. This is a, uh, a rooftop restaurant. 
kind of in the same vein as the Grand Destino Tower. And there is a character breakfast here. It, uh, it is $41 for adults, $24 for kids, one Disney dining plan credit. And it is, again, rooftop dining, large windows. You can look out over the uh, and see all the sights. Uh, the Skyliners and minivans will be opening early to accommodate early extra magic hours at Hollywood Studios. Minivans will be available beginning at 5 a.m., and the Skyliners will begin operating at 645. Again, I wouldn't plan on using the Skyliners to get to the park if you're trying to get a boarding group for Rise of the Resistance because 7 o'clock is not going to guarantee you one. Uh, for here to go has been added to mobile ordering at select restaurants. And this is likely going to come to all restaurants before too terribly long. And all this does is impact the packaging choices that, that Disney uses when they're uh, when they're packaging up your food. And then finally... Disney Vacation Club's travel period, so choice, select, value, whatever they call them, has been broken out into seven travel periods, and, and these are broken out by specific dates now. They say that the the intent is to create more opportunities for people to use points. Some days have gone up, some days have gone down in point costs, so I have not studied the, the point chart yet to be able to see you know, what all has changed, but uh, but will in the coming days. That's really all the news that we have for this week. So with that, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsor. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's talk about this trip you went on. And we've, we've discussed it briefly, but uh, give us a 30-second rundown. 30-second rundown on Tom Does Disney Part 72 was got down to Disney World Thursday night. My wife did the parks on Friday. I did not. I worked. We did November 1st was the Friday. So, yeah, not so scary uh, that evening. Did a full day Saturday at Hollywood Studios and did a full day, a half day kind of Sunday at Epcot because about half the group ran the Disney Half Marathon that was offered Sunday morning. So that's the 30 second rundown. Premise of the trip was to go do the race, but we figured if we're going to go down there, might as well have some fun during other days at the parks. And so we started off with uh, planning step number one, which was everyone getting their park ticket. Not park ticket, I'm sorry, their race ticket. So the race tickets were purchased well in advance, <coughs> excuse me, well in advance of 60 days. And I think that's where the fun begins. Yeah, so obviously from from the group we're, we're talking about, and, and we'll use some specific examples from your trip, Tom. We're going to talk about planning a trip with a big group of people. 
you know, for me, I would say two to four, maybe five people is, is kind of your sweet spot. Anything more than that, and, and you really have to focus and you really have to do things a little bit differently than, than you would just going on a trip. So if I'm going with my wife or I'm going with Tom and a couple of other buddies, you know, planning for that's pretty easy. Pretty much everybody's on the same page. We all know what we want to do. We want to ride as many rides as we can. We want to go see everything at Epcot. We want to eat quick service for the most part, maybe have a good meal. We want to see some shows, but everybody's pretty much on the same page. When you get eight, nine, 10, 20, 15, however many people together, inevitably there's going to be a little bit of chaos. So I, th- I thought what we'd do is we'd, we'd go through really two main sections here. How do you plan for this? And then how do you execute that plan? Starting with planning, Tom, you guys bought race tickets. And again, you said 60 days in advance. Well in advance. No, no, well, well over, over 60 Well days. over 60 days so, in advance. So here's one thing that, that I'm going to start with. None of us live in the same area for the most part. None of us are in the same household. I mean, you had couples. You had couples kind of all acting independently. <laughs> you had some annual pass holders and you had some people that needed to buy park tickets. I think you throw in the mix of some people maybe wanted a half-day ticket, some people wanted a full-day ticket. So that's where we started. And the fact that and then and then you have some first you have some first timers, right? So people who who haven't really you know experienced the My Disney Experience app, haven't been to the parks in so many years that they're kind of cool going wherever, but they just want to, you know, want to do things. And it's really hard to estimate the crowds. So even it's like, what park do you pick? Which one's going to be less crowded? You know, I don't really know. I have no idea in 60 days. Here's what I think with no park hopper too. So that's where we started. And and I think the, the first point we need to make here is that communication is going to be key for, for this planning process. And, and, it, and the easiest thing to do here is I think to designate, and this is going to sound a lot like, you know, running a project at work or whatever, but you really need to designate a group leader because look, you're bringing together, Tom, in your case, four or five couples, you know, in, in others' cases, it may be 20 people from all over the country. You're bringing together a bunch of disparate people and everybody's going to have their own plan on, on how to do this. So I think it's really important to communicate very well and yeah, start 60, 90, 120 days out. And and really what you need to lay out is, okay, what's our plan? First off, when is everybody getting in? When is everybody leaving? You know, that's that's basic, right? Because it's Disney. So having a big group doesn't mean you don't have to plan. It means you have to plan more. So that's that's your first step is is open that communication. I think that's important. Now, here's what I'll tell you. I'm a big person on, Pete's heard me say this when we go with a group of people. It, to me, it's everyone. everyone's paying for the same vacation. I want everyone to do what they want. And that's where this got tricky because I, I, I agree with the group leader kind of plan for the entire group, but I also kind of said, well, hey, in this one, this instance, I want everybody to do what they want to do. And so and this is, Tom, I think where you and I disagree a little bit because I want everyone to have the best time that they can. And yes, I want there to be some flexibility there. I want there to be some options. But if you're bringing together a bunch of people that have never been to Disney World before, do they really know what's best to do, what they should do? Again, th- with this group dynamic, you had some that had been and that they did not want to do certain things that others... I have never been. I want to do everything. 
So that's where it was kind of, I took a more hands-off approach. Like, well, let's let's get a couple things maybe we all want to do together. Maybe we have a handful of people like Tower of Terror and a handful of people like Rock and Roller Coaster. Maybe that's where we split. Or maybe a handful of people want to do a mission space and the other group would rather just stay in the World Showcase. So maybe we split there. But I, I agree. I mean, I think in general, having a group leader is important. Also talking through where you're going to stay, how you're going to get there. All of that matters. On or off property. Being able to explain that to the group is uh, is a good conversation to have ahead of time. And our group did very well with this. We had multiple cars, typically took two different cars into the park, all stayed at the same house. We didn't all leave this house at the same time, and that, that's a good thing. We'll get, we'll get into that later, but you at least had one early car and one later car that would go home if necessary. Yeah, and that's important. And I, and I would make the argument, yes, it may be a little bit more expensive to do this, but if you've got a big group of people, staying on property is going to make things a lot easier for you. Because, like you said, if you've got people that want to split off and do their own thing, you don't have to worry about, well, whose car is here? Whose car is at Disney Springs? Whose car is at Magic Kingdom? You, you can utilize that Disney transportation between parks, between the resort and, and, your, uh, and, and wherever you are. And people really have a lot more flexibility to do whatever they want. Now, with, with Uber and Lyft and minivans and all that, all that sort of thing, yeah, that opens it up a little bit more. But... I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as convenient as, as staying on property. So that's that's something to address. Hey, what's your budget for this trip? You know, are you guys comfortable with paying to stay at a Disney room? Would you rather get something off property? How close do you want to be? Tom, you guys rented a house. You got a really good deal on the house. And, and that worked out great for you. But if you've got 20 people flying in and you're going to have one rental car or no, no rental cars, you know, that may change that uh, dynamic a little bit. Yeah, I would say that I would say making sure you have that that kind of clear and, and everyone agreeable on a plan there, plan that well in advance too. You don't want to limit yourself because nothing's available. You, you want to be able to have, and we did. We explored every option, looked at pricing, on property, off property, Disney Springs Hotel, getting a house, multiple hotel rooms. We looked at everything, and the house was best for our group, and it worked fant- it worked perfectly. Another thing that I think is critical, if you have a group of people who who know what they want to do. What are main, you know, we, we do this when we go now, when, when Pete and I are going, hey, what are some things you definitely want to do on this trip? What are some things you don't, whatever. If you have a people a group of people who who don't know the name of the attractions or what type, hey, you just ask them, hey, do you like thrill rides? Do you like ride simulators? Do you like shows? Because that will help you, the Disney person in your family, kind of build a trip and build a plan. Because you can't go in there flying blind with a group of people and expect the group of people to have fun. Yeah, I agree because you're going to inevitably have somebody in the group that doesn't like roller coasters, somebody in the group that gets motion sickness. So I think that's important. And I think that's important for whoever you designate as your group leader or whoever's you know doing the bulk of the planning is, is to communicate that and say, hey, do you have a, does anybody have a problem with roller coasters? Does anybody have a problem with rides? That way you can really narrow it down. And yeah, it's important, especially with folks that have been before. What are a couple of things that that, uh, that we definitely all want to do? I would I will say when you're planning, you need to plan for everything to take longer than it than it typically does with a smaller group. And that's waiting in line for rides, that's walking from ride to ride, that's eating meals, meals especially. But everything is going to take longer. 
even getting from the hotel to the park or or getting from park to park, you know, moving in a crowd is moving in a crowd with a crowd is more difficult than than two or three people trying to maneuver through the park. Uh, another thing to be aware of is ride capacities. So we we talked about this a lot. We had a lot of people with PhotoPass, some without it. Making sure if it's a ride, we want like a group photo one. We can all get on a Splash Mountain together. But if it's a Smuggler's Run, well, we're only going to be able to fit six in there at a time. So if there's three that are indifferent, why wait in the standby line if you can't ride it as a group? Understand that type of thing as well. You know, Mission Space, if there's nine people, don't send all nine in and then one person gets stuck alone riding it. Maybe break up into three groups of three or if that or if there's five people that don't want to ride it or indifferent about it, maybe they don't ride it, that kind of thing. And in talking through those types of things, you can really determine, hey, what do we want to do together and, and, and what do we want to do apart? And, and we learned this on our on the, move, on the fly on our trip. We'll, we'll talk about that in the parks, but it's something that I talked about with my wife ahead of time, but I didn't really talk talk to to the group. And then we had to kind of navigate that on the fly in the park. And it was fine. It worked perfectly and everybody had a great time. Uh, another thing is, and this, this came up as a kind of funny, I'm sure the, that it won't bother anyone that, that if our listeners here, but it was f- the me- the meal situation. How are you going to do meals? So we, ch- we went the route, no planned meals. We'll just figure it out and we figure it out. The tricky thing there is nine adults get hungry for different things at different times. And it, early on in the trip, it was almost like no one wanted to hurt the other one's feelings and say, well, I'd rather eat here while you eat here. And so we'd have like all nine of us go into, let's use baseline for an example. And some people wanted charcuterie boards. Some people wanted pretzels. Some, some people wanted real food. That's what I call, you know, like chicken chips and fries or something. And so you just have like the people who didn't want that, the baseline food just standing around in there when really they could have just walked down to ABC commissary and they eventually did and get that food. So th- that's another thing you need to. You need to know how you're going to do meals ahead of time. We chose not to do ADRs and that right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't know. We, we chose just to do quick service when you got hungry type deal. But know too that if, you know, with a group of nine or 10 or 12 or however many you have, you know, it's unlikely that even with two people that you're going to be able to walk into any restaurant, any table service restaurant at Disney World, right? There are a few that you can get in. With a group, there's no way you're going to get in. So know that if... You know, if somebody really wants to eat at a Be Our Guest or, or wherever, and the group agrees with that, you know, if you want to get your group in, you've, you've got to make advanced dining reservations. This is even more important for, for big groups. Uh, and, and same with fast passes, right? You, there are going to be folks that don't want to ride certain rides, and, and that's, that's fine. But I would say, you know, use your fast passes for the rides that, uh, that you want to do together. Yeah, we, we tried to do the best we could with that. And it's this Tom, hard. this is where it's so important to have a group leader that is linked to everyone's My Disney Experience account and that has access to all that and, and has the ability to do that. Because, yeah, you get four different subgroups within your big group trying to do fast passes and it, it just it doesn't work out. So here, here's where our first where I think our first real challenge came. And let me stress, our group had a blast and no one complained about this. In my head, it was ki- killing me because I'm the planner that I am. So I wasn't linked to everyone in the group and I wasn't linked because some, some accounts you had like the main person I was linked to and they just created like a dummy account under their name, bought tickets. So I, I couldn't be friends with that dummy account unless we went to a Disney experience cast member, had them break out the accounts, create a new account and copy all the fast passes over. So in the planning process, 
I couldn't see what other people did fast pass wise. So we were communicating in a group chat. And obviously that I've, I've been to Disney enough, I know the importance of 60 days out, 7 a.m. Eastern time. I'm on the I'm on the app doing fast passes. But others are like, okay, well, yeah, we'll get those, you know, we'll we'll get those three attractions. And you you may experience this in your group, and they don't understand those three attractions are gonna be impossible to get probably today, but certainly the closer you get to your trip. We had fast passes all over the board. We had some people doing rock and roller coaster at 9 a.m. and others doing it at 4 p.m. Again, no one complained about this, but that is if you're playing with a group and it's important to you, especially as a group leader, that everyone is doing this at the same time, then you need you need to kind of be the be the be the leader and tell people, hey, let's get let, let me link up, let me do it for you. Or and, and Pete and I went back and forth on this. I it's every, it's it, it's at the end of the day, everyone's vacation is everyone's vacation. So I don't want to be Mr. Control Freak. If it's not a big deal to them, it shouldn't be a big deal to me. And that's the that's the approach I took. But if you're going with a large family and you can't leave three off on their own, this is vitally important. And part of that again goes back to what what do you want to do as a large group, and what do you want to do on your own? And we'll, again, we'll get into that going into the parks. But it's okay to break up in well, a smaller. Group. I think planning that ahead of time too would help because we planned this on the fly and it was choppy at first. I think knowing and maybe maybe parents who listen do this. Hey, the mom, you're going to take two of the children over here for this while you take one over here for that. Do that ahead of time because then it just makes it smoother for the, the leaders. Yeah. And I, I was going to say the same thing. What what I would do is I would have, if I'm with going with a big group, you know, because you know you're going to break up into smaller groups at some point, I would have ironclad meeting times, right? So we are all going to meet at three o'clock and do this, or we're all going to meet for dinner at this time and do this. You know, I, I would have those because ultimately, the point of going as a group is you want to you want to be with the group, right? And it and it wasn't as difficult at like a not so scary because it's not as crowded. It's an after hours event, but it is difficult in the middle of food and wine when the entire group, you know, which is great, but everyone, you know, I need I want to get this from this booth. You want to go here? You want to go here? We'll meet you. We'll meet up with you in China. Well, what what? And, and that's where it gets tricky. So you're right. And then you're trying to make phone calls. Yep. And so I I think that's important. And you can use meal times or you can use fast passes as those meeting times that say, hey, you know, it's fine. You guys go off and do your own thing. Everybody do their own thing. These are our these are our designated meeting times. These are when we're gonna meet up. So but but I would I would say that planning is extremely, extremely important with a large group. Just just from the standpoint of being able to do everything that you want to do. Because if you don't plan for it, you're not gonna do it. And I say that, you know, knowing that I am the this ultimate planner, but you've got to have some flexibility in your plans as well. All right, so let's move into the parks. So once you've got everything planned, hopefully your plan is pretty good. You're going to the parks. How do you execute your plan? And I think this is going to be more tips and tricks than anything else, right? Well, I think first and foremost, understand you don't need to move as a group. You can... Yeah, you, nothing is as frustrating to me as... You know, you've got a group of 20 people blocking the whole sidewalk. And and the thing about it is it's it's frustrating for people, strangers in the park. And it can be frustrating for your group because at the end of the day, everyone's there at Disney on a vacation. And maybe there's a couple that wants to break off and do one thing. Or there's a few folks that want to go do this, that, or the other. So first and foremost, don't feel obligated to move as a group. As long as no one's overly sensitive, you should be able to say, hey, you know, I, no worries that you guys want to go do this, but this has been something on top of my priority list. And and if it's not somebody else wants to do, I'm just going to go run over and do it real quick. That's totally okay. But not only that, I would say even moving, let's say that you're getting off Splash Mountain and everybody's going over to Space Mountain. You know, I, I would say 
all right, guys, see you at Space Mountain, right? Because that way you're not, you know, you don't have this huge mass of people that's trying to move as one. You've, you've naturally got some people that are going to be faster, some people that are going to be slower. That's a, that's a great point. As long as you, as long as your group, or at least you can split up into a couple, a couple small groups that know how to navigate Disney, it's okay to be like, hey, let's just meet in front of Space Mountain. Even though everyone's plan is to walk there at the same time from Splash, different things happen. Maybe something at the window catches your eye. Maybe a crowd cuts you off. Whatever. Maybe someone needs to go to the bathroom. I mean, going to the bathroom at different times can can actually be something that you it is can be. It could be annoying. So those are all things to kind of be aware of. Because what I would say is, if somebody's like, "Oh, I really need to go to the bathroom," I would probably suggest, "Well, let's get over to Space Mountain first. There's a bathroom right next to Space Mountain. You can hit before we ride." Yeah. Or hey, we'll you know you go to the bathroom. We'll keep walking. Maybe we'll stop and get something to drink, or maybe we'll stop and pop into a shop or something like that. You know. Again, you have to have this plan, but you you also have to be very flexible because, I mean, think if you've got 10 people, not everybody's going to have to go to the bathroom at the same time. But what I will say is that, you know, if if you are focused on keeping the group together, when one person goes to the bathroom, everybody goes to the bathroom. That way, you know, you don't go to the bathroom and then five minutes later, you're going back to the bathroom. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. So I think another thing to be aware of in the parks, especially if you've been with a small group before, just kind of understand you're probably going to get less done with the group than you got done as a, a pair of two or a pair of four. Don't expect to do everything you could have done in the past or you have done in the past. A lot of that is dependent on other crowd levels and time of the year you go. For example, we went during race weekend. The park is more crowded in general then. But I think going into it with lower expectations for things you're going to be able to get done will make the overall satisfaction of the trip better. And this goes back to the planning too, right? If, if you know, hey, these are the three things that I really want to do. And these are the, you know, if, you, if you've got a list of, okay, here's the 10 things that but in our group we, we have to do. You know, you do those things. Anything else you get to do is, is kind of bonus time, right? Tom, I mean, you, you had no expectation of going to Pandora and getting everybody onto Avatar Flight of Passage, right? I mean, that just, it wasn't a realistic expectation. No, and it's something that we couldn't have done. It just wouldn't have happened. But but everybody was okay with that. Right. Now you did want every everybody wanted to go to Epcot and experience food and wine, and you did that. Yep. So I think it's really important to to set realistic expectations as to what you are and you are not going to be able to get done. And yeah, like you said, to know that you're just going to get less done. It, it's like we talked about before. It's gonna everything is going to take longer. It's going to take longer to eat. It's going to take longer to move throughout the park. It's just a fact of, of going with a large group, especially if that large group has small children in it. Very good point. And, and know that it's, you know, it's okay to go apart. I would say, what you know, if, if I were going with a big group, I'm having a, knowing me, it'd be a 6 a.m. meeting, but, you know, maybe a more realistic time meeting. Yeah, Pete would wake everyone up when he woke up. <laughs> After he had showered and run a lap around the resort. <laughs> So 5.45 or so. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's important to get everybody on the same page. You know, if, if you have a, if, if rope drops at nine o'clock and you, ha- everybody has the expectation of being at rope drop, maybe you have a 7.30 meeting where you say, okay, here's the, the times that we need to be together today as a group. Here's the things that we have planned together as a group. Everybody's free to do their own thing or, you know, whatever, but, but set those expectations and, and get everybody on the same page you know, first thing in the morning, maybe have a refresher at lunchtime. I know this sounds really anal, but but I think it's going to help 
everybody get everything they want to get done, done. And and you can use this opportunity to remind people of all those things. Remind them, hey, here's where your res- reservations are. Here's where your fa- next fast pass is. Here are the times that we're going to meet up. Because not everybody's going to use the My Disney Experience app. Or not everybody's going to look at it. Not everybody's going to want to. And some people will kill their cell phones by noon because they'll be on Instagram all day or so, you know, something like that. So know that those things are going to happen. I think, I think all those are really good points for a group, especially reminding people of reservations, having designated meeting times. A pre-park meeting is a great idea too, just to keep everyone on the same page because everyone doesn't, isn't going to use the My Disney Experience app the same way. I will say our group, by the end of it, most people are very proficient with it, but it's challenging at first. And not to mention, if, if you lose your cell phone, if you kill your cell phone battery, now you do have the option of buying a fuel rod, but if you kill your cell phone battery and you're, you're separated from your group, how are you going to get back in contact with them? How are you going to find them? It's over then. It's just over. Yeah, you're done. You're just, you're just going to have to live at Disney World forever. It might be my next plan of attack, actually. <laughs> so another thing that, that we've probably noted, especially around food and wine and what, we, what Pete labeled as the drunks earlier, pay attention to other people. Don't be the group that kind of can dominate the, the area, the restaurant, the restroom, whatever it may be with your comments, the, the conversations you have. Um, you know, you, you could very much take over a bathroom with a group of five people going in at the same time. And you're continuing whatever conversation, you know, and I'm using, not saying our group did this. I'm saying it as an example of, I've been in a bathroom when a group rolled in. We've, we've done this with four people before. Yeah. I feel like. So, so pay attention to who you're around other people. Don't be that group that everyone, because you'll go around the world showcase, for example, and notice a lot of groups and you'll see them a lot of different places. You'll eventually get annoyed with them because they're being that group. You want to be that guy in Monsters Inc., but you don't want to be that group everywhere else. And I hate to bring it up again, but we we had this experience at La Cava. Yes, we in, did. Uh, yep. In the Mexico Pavilion, you know, there were four of us seated at a table, and right next to us there was a group of of nine or ten people, and and they were seated at a big table, but they were yelling across the table at each other, and it, and really dominating. I mean, we couldn't even have a conversation; they were being so loud. And grant and and being that it was only ten thirty in the morning, I. I don't know if that's just how they were, or if they were already that already been drinking, or I'm not really sure. But, but yeah, just just be mindful of other people. You really can make it inconvenient for for others as a large group, just in having conversations. So just be mindful of other people. You know, every, everybody's there to everybody's there to enjoy themselves. And and on that note, remember, going to Disney World is supposed to be fun. This is a vacation. You know, and that's that's why for me. I'm real big on, okay, well, let's get everybody together for dinner. I don't care what everybody does throughout the rest of the day. Let's get everybody together for dinner and, and let's, you know, let's eat somewhere nice and let's let's celebrate being down at Disney and having a good time. Yeah, I think we always remind remind our listeners of this and ourselves. I, have to, I remind myself of this. I'm ever frustrated at something, even if it's just an internal, I'm like, you know what? Can it be that bad? I'm at Disney World. You know, just think one minute of real world where you have to go back to work and I promise you'll put a smile on your face and realize it's not that big of a deal that there's a long line at La Cava right now or a long, or that Journey into Imagination <laughs> you, closed before we could make it there. Because you were looking at the bunny rabbits. The bunny rabbits. That, that's true. Notice the bunny rabbits. Uh, you know, another thing that in the parks, you're going to have a schedule in the parks. And we've probably said this in a different way already, but just be flexible with it. Understand that that uh, it could change, you know, some, something can, a group dynamic can change, 
maybe maybe you didn't forecast for everything to take much longer than it did, and now it has, and your schedule's kind of getting ruined. It's okay, because I what what I think I learned on our trip is we spent an, an a, we'd spent a long time in the World Showcase, but that was okay because part of our group went ahead early. They knocked out all the attractions. The other part of the group didn't want to go ahead early, kind of relaxed post race, and just wanted to spend the whole day in World Showcase. That's okay. And of course, I had different things in my head that I wanted to do, but I realized as the person who probably goes the most in that group, you know, whatever, if, it, if, if we get to it, we do. And if, and if not, and things popped up, like, you know, we, we went to the UK and all of a sudden Christopher Robin's room was open and Pooh was doing meet and greets in there and, and half the group wanted to do that. Is that something that I would have chosen personally to do? No, but you're, as long as you're flexible enough to, to realize, oh, whatever, you know, if the group's. You know, or I could have just left and gone on to Canada if I wanted to. You know, be be really flexible with the group and and remember to always have fun. Don't get stressed out over it. Yeah, go where go where the day takes you. Right. I mean, it, it's great to have a schedule, and I always have a schedule. I always have. This is what we're going to get done today. Always. And if we don't get it done, if we get more done, that's great. And I expect to get more done. That can get kind of annoying, you know, when because because like you said, Tom, sometimes you just you get a little down, and it's like. It, it, it almost turns into work and not the fun experience that it should be. And I, I think even even more with a, with a large group of people because, you know, you think to yourself, God, this is so frustrating. We could be doing so much more. But if people are enjoying themselves, let them enjoy themselves. You know, if you're sitting at a at a table in Rose and Crown and everybody's having a good time, you know, what's, what's the point in trying to round everybody up and, all right, let's move on to Canada? Like, what? Here, what why? Here's another thing to think, keep in mind. I'm taking it. If you're going as a group, you're going to have some that have been to Disney and some that haven't. For the ones that have been to Disney, for you, the listener, and for Pete and for myself, how many trips to Disney did it take, take you to learn everything you know about how to have fun at Disney? A long time. So don't ruin the first the person going for the first time by trying to drag them to all your favorite things because you have no idea what their favorite thing might be. And if they seem to be having fun, they don't. They truthfully don't know what they don't know. So. It's not like they're going to leave the park and be like, dang, if we didn't spend that much time in the UK, we could have spent more time doing this. They don't know what the other thing is. So it's, yeah, maybe for you in your head, you're like, wow, we didn't ride Soren today, but we spent, you know, we spent an hour meeting Pooh and friends. Well, we did ride Soren for the record, but no, it's, it's that kind of thing. You, you don't know what you don't know. And so if the day takes you somewhere and, and the group's having a really good time, don't rush just to the next thing. Wait until that kind of dissolves. And then it's like, okay, what's next as the group... And then if all else fails, break down into smaller groups. We did this in Galaxy's Edge. We did three groups. Two group, two people wanted to go eat at a, one restaurant. I think five of us wanted to go to eat at uh, Ronto Roasters or Docking Bay. I think Docking Bay Seven actually. And then two of and then two of us wanted to ride Smuggler's Run. And so. What did we do? The people waited in line for Smuggler's Run while the others got food and drinks, and then we met back up afterwards in Toy Story Land. No problemo. Everyone's happy now. And on that same page, I would I would say that you know if you have a really really big group, you know if you have twenty people or if you have thirty people, you know I would I would make two group leaders and have two smaller groups, you know have two separate schedules and then schedule meetups with the big group because we've all seen the tour groups coming through Disney that are 20, 30, 40 people. How much fun can that be? It can't, right? Totally agree. Yeah, I think when you get to that size group, uh, our our moms have done field trips at I don't know how they did it, 
But when you get to that size group, you need to have multiple group leaders. You, you need to have, you know, I think six is that six is the number, in my opinion, where things start to get tricky. It, it's impossible to find a fast pass for nine, even Muppets. Like it's just the Disney app's just not going to produce it. So you're going to have to be really creative too. And finding those, you know, maybe get one fast pass for three, one for two, one for four, one for two, and then just hope they all, there's like a common ground inside the hour window where they all match up. You have to do tricky things like that. Yep. So it, it is it is different. It can be frustrating, but it can also be very rewarding. I mean, I think about what a good time we have with, with four people going to the parks. You know, imagine if you had 80 of your closest friends or 10 of your closest friends, how much better of a time you, you can have. Because of, the, because of the group we had, if I would have tried to be Mr. Planet, I wouldn't have had as good of a time as I had. And, and it's, it can be a rewarding trip because I learned how to do different a to- Disney a totally different way. And everyone had fun, and I had fun. And you know what? I'm going to go back in December. And for all the things that maybe we didn't get to do or didn't have time to get to, we'll get to them. We'll be there five days. Yep. So again, just want to stress, have fun. That's a, that's the the goal here. Everybody has fun differently. Let people make their own memories. Let let people figure out what their own favorite things are. Don't try to push yours on other people because they're probably not going to see them the same way. So hopefully that helps, you know, in, in your large group planning a little bit. A lot of this is common sense stuff, guys. But Remember, this is a vacation first and foremost. It's don't treat it don't treat it like I do, like a like a business. <laughs> I feel like I get that way sometimes. You got to knock things out. You have a certain checklist. I I do. I, so it just you know just enjoy being there. All right. Anything else for uh, for that? I think that's it for me. I I want to stress the the difference we tried to have in this episode. We've we've had planning episodes, but we wanted to stress that our the planning that we do you can't do with a group all the time. So just be, that was just kind of the, the planning and the execution of with the big group. Cause I know we kind of, you, when you said it's common sense, a lot of it is, and a lot of it we've probably mentioned in the past, but just kind of be prepared for a different dynamic with a group. But other than that, that's it for me. All right. Well, let's move on to the trivia question and secret for the week. What do we got? So secret of the week. Did you know Disney is home to the largest sand bottom pool in the world? Stormalong Bay at Disney's Beach Club Resort is a 750,000-gallon sand-lined pool, and it is the largest in the world. So it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Going to the trivia of last week, we asked you, where in Walt Disney World did were you, were you formally able to wake up Tinkerbell? That was, of course, Tinkerbell's treasures. And, of course, that's no longer there, but at one point you could wake up Tinkerbell. Going to the trivia question of this week, kind of tis the season to be jolly. So we're trying to do a Christmas secret, and I, I we haven't figured out the correct way to ask it without it, us giving a pretty big hint, but whatever. Maybe this is our Christmas gift to you that everyone will get the trivia question right this week. So at Christmas time, what can you find in the lobby of the Grand Floridian that is only added for Christmas? So yes, you, you could say a lot of things, because there's a lot of things added for Christmas. So that's why we're, we're going to give this hint. It is the form of uh, so it's some kind of house. So what kind of house are we looking for that's added in the lobby of the Grand Floridian? We just didn't want you to say Christmas tree, basically. But there's a few others you could say. Anyway, you could tweet us at Podcast or email us at mindoowdw at gmail.com with your guesses. And hopefully this is one that everyone gets correct. And that's it for me, Pete. All right. Uh, well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. 
If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.